And you would think, Rowie, mid-November, a little bit quiet on the AFL front? Not so. No, there's a bit happening on and off-field. Um, Liam Jones um, retiring, others considering their COVID vaccination status. So we thought we'd cross to the boss of the AFL-PA, that is Paul Marsh. Paul, thanks for your time. G'day, Rowie. How are you? Yeah, look, it's unprecedented times, and it must be tough to do the COVID policies in unison with the AFL. Um, Liam Jones has exercised his democratic right. Um, do you think there'll be others? Uh, look, I, I don't know the answer to that. I think you know we've um, you know we've worked through this with uh, the playing group, both playing groups over the last um, few months. I'm not aware of any other players at this point in time, but you know there's still some time to go for players around the country to make the decision. So we'll wait and see. But, um, you know, I'd expect, you know, it, it, we know the majority of the players, the vast majority are vaccinated already. So um, it would be a small group that we're talking about. Okay. Did it surprise you? I, I know I'm not going to get into the details of the whys, the wheres, the whens, the whats with Liam, but you're surprised that he stuck firm and he's retired? Oh, look, I don't want to talk about the, the you know, Liam's situation. I think you know, he has requested privacy and we want to respect that. I think I'll talk about the issue more broadly. And yeah. um, when we did the policy, we you know we contemplated that some players may take this position. Um, there are four options that are open to players um, who choose not to be vaccinated. Um, they, they can make a decision with um, agreement of the club to um, to go into the inactive player list, and they're compensated for doing that. So an AFLW player would receive 25% of their contracted salary, and an AFL player 25% of the minimum. Um, the other option the clubs and the players can work through is keeping the players on the playing list, um, and then they can be paid somewhere between that 25% or up to 100%. Okay. Um, and then you get into a situation around termination, which is um, you know, the player and the club could mutually agree to that, um, which is what's happened here, um, or we could wait it out until the 18th of May and then a decision could be taken. So, yeah, it's, it's been contemplated. Um, we understand this is an individual decision and um, the players, as you said, have a right to make the decision that they best, mm. best think fits them. Okay. What are the learnings from the Leon Jones retirement, if there are any, under the current policy? Oh, look, I think one of the things that may be getting mixed in this whole discussion is, you know, we started down this path and the AFL was in the same position where we, neither party thought we should have a mandated policy. But what happened um, after the work started on this was the Victorian government made it um, a direction that workers in this state couldn't come to work unless they were double vaccinated. Um, so you can't train for football, you can't play for football. Other state governments um, have made it mandatory to be double vaccinated to go into the state. So it's become very clear that you can't actually be an AFL footballer right at the moment unless you're a double vaccinated. So we worked to a policy here that was a pragmatic outcome. Players will get compensation here if they um, if they choose not to be vaccinated. And, you know, that's um, the alternative would be that the clubs terminate the players and we have very clear legal advice on this that the clubs have that right so I think you know the learnings um, are that we think we've got an effective policy in place that's dealing with a very mm. very complex issue and another mm. key point of it is if the government directions change then we sit down with the AFL and we review the policy so um, and we're still very comfortable with the policy that's in place. Okay do you have any learnings or any takeaways from the NBA or the NFL over COVID? For me, they treat COVID like a common cold or an injury. You get the vid, you're 10 days away from your club, then you return and you play. Have a look at Aaron Rodgers just in the last 10 days in the NFL. 
can we move to that? Will it could it morph to that? Can you see the AFL joint COVID policy with you changing next year at all? I think it will change for sure. I mean, we've got a only a one year agreement with the AFL with the ability to review. Um, but what's going to need to change first are the state government positions mm-hmm. on this, uh, and that's the difference between what we're dealing with and what other parts of the world are dealing with. I think. Um, yeah, you know, we've seen small examples of it. So, you know, you'd, you'd be aware of Kyrie Irving and yeah. in New York. Um, it, that's probably the most similar situation where he can't play in New York because of state government directions over there. So, um, you know, at some point, I'm sure this will change and the policy that we've got in place will change with it. Okay. So Victorian government basically stuffed this up. So I'd imagine there'd be a tipping point. Let's just say 30, 40, 50 players, some of them were stars, were um, choosing not to get vaccinated, which is their democratic right. Is there a contingency? Were there, could, you, could, you, could you move teams and hub up in another state that has a different state rule? That allows yeah, I mean, you to play unvaccinated. Yeah, there's always contingencies. I mean, I okay. think we've I think we've shown over the last two years yes. as an industry that whatever scenario has been put in front of us, we've we've found a way through. Um, now we're all hoping we're going to get back to some sort of normality here where people mm. don't have to live under the restrictions, and I think that's one of the benefits of vaccination. And we're living it now in Victoria after being locked down for you know most part of the last eighteen months. We can actually get out and start doing things, but. Um, you have to be double vaccinated to do it. You have to be double vaccinated to walk into a cafe or a restaurant or a bar at the moment. So these are the things that are in place at the moment. Um, I expect that they will lift at some point. And as I said, you know, our policy will change with it. Okay. Any of your staff not vaccinated or any AFL executive not vaccinated or you've got 100% take up? Yeah, again, I don't like talking about individual issues. I don't think it's fair on individuals that are making well, you're not naming these types them. of decisions. You're not naming no, them. No, I'm not. And I don't want to talk to whether it's, 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 you know, it serves no purpose from where I sit. I think, and I've been on the record to talk about, you know, I think there's an element of um, respecting people, people's privacy around this. There comes a point where, you know, and we've seen it this week, where it is in the public interest to know um, where a player might be. But I think these are emotional individual decisions that people should have the right to work through. So I don't want to get into speculation. No, that's okay. So, so you're along the lines of we shouldn't ask anyone's vaccination status. You'd like to see Australia move down that line, which is really what America is. They don't care. You get the vid, you go home. When you're right, you get yeah, back I mean, to work. I think the point that I make is whilst our members and any, anyone else for that matter are working through this issue, Mm-hmm. I think they should have the right to do so without all the speculation being mounted upon them whilst they're working through the issue. I think the reality of being an AFL footballer and yeah. you, you need to look to you know return to pre-season and in particular the season itself, clearly it's going to be obvious if there are players that are not um, part of the training group or um, playing for their team. And we, we fully expect at that point that it's in the public interest to let people know. But Whilst they're working through it, and we still haven't hit deadlines in some states, um, it, it is reasonable, I think, that players have some privacy as they work through these issues. Were you a bit upset that a, a Victorian media performer, I'm not going to call him a reporter, a performer named Liam Jones, would have you rather that just set its course and he wasn't outed in the media? Did that either fast track or, or, or hinder his retirement or speed it up in your eyes, Paul? Yeah, and I heard, I heard your comments on this last week. I think, um, yeah, again, I'm not going to talk about Liam's specific situation, but what I will say is, you know, just reiterate what I said a minute ago. Like, let the players and everyone else, for that matter, work through these decisions. If 
it gets to a point where a player then can't perform his job or her job, um, then we understand that at that point the club will make an announcement, and that's been our position on this since day one. Mm. Do you think more AFLW players being female and then worrying about their um, being able to have babies down the track? Are you getting any sense that there's more that are hesitant in the AFLW than they are in the AFL men's? And the only reason I say that, I've got a daughter that's hesitant, Paul, and I'm going through that now, and it is bloody tough to have those conversations when I don't know, and she doesn't know, and I don't think the professors know. Yeah, I think you might have asked me this question last time I spoke to you. I think... Okay. Um, sorry. You know, there, there are various reasons, and yeah. hopefully I'll answer it the same way. Thank you. Um, there yeah, there are various right. reasons why, why any players, male or female, may okay. be considering their options here. Okay. Hey, Paul, as always, thank you um, for picking up the phone. I believe you've got a 50th coming up very shortly. Happy 50th. <laughs> Uh, thanks. Someone stitched me up there, but i um, feeling very old. Um, and can I just say, um, obviously, I understand it, as, as a Port Adelaide supporter, it was a big day for um, the Ebert family and um, and the club today. And uh, certainly thoughts of myself and everyone at the AFLPA um, are with the club and the Ebert family. Pure class. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Rowie. AFLPA boss, Paul Marsh, Good man. our guest. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. We're going to get the latest from Steve Monaghetti on the other side oh, of good. the break. He's a Hall of Famer officially. Kind of always thought that he might be, but Mona's inducted into the Sports Australia Hall of Fame. He's next.